Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 29th, 2021. We're back, baby. My uh, voice is shot because I was at the Tigers game yesterday screaming my head off at Tony LaRussa, so I'm going to try and struggle through this one. We got Scotty Bentley with us, as always, our fellow host here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, and today we have a very special guest. He is from thehockeywriters.com, Devin Little. Devin, what's going on, man? If you're a, a, a person who engages in, in Red Wings Twitter, you've likely run into Devin before. Great writer, good analysis, and uh, we're happy to have you on the show. Well, happy to be here. Thanks for uh, pumping my tires a little bit there. I wasn't expecting all that. But yeah, happy to be on the you show. You have to do that. You know, otherwise, <laughs> you don't get a good interview. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, happy to be on the show. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> now uh training camp has finally wrapped up this weekend i felt the unusual to to i really think that the season has kind of snuck up on all of or at least me specifically because the red wings are still in training camp and then on sunday night i'm like going through my my bets for the night for football and stuff like that and it's like would you like to bet on hockey as well and i'm like there's <laughs> hockey being played i what what on earth is is up with that but the red wings uh they played in the red and white game over the weekend we have not touched on that so we're going to go over that and maybe that's a good place to start because you put out an article at the hockeywriters.com be sure to go check it out the top five standouts from that game and number one i kind of want to go over it right now mitchell stevens a guy who i wasn't really inspired by wasn't really that interested in because like there's a certain part of me that like obviously wants to make it difficult on some of these prospects to crack the mm-hmm. lineup right but at a certain point it's like well, is that making it difficult or is that just adding a body in front of them? I think we saw in this red and white game that it is much more the former than the latter. Mitchell Stevens has two goals. The first one, a, a real pretty one, but what did you see mm-hmm. out of him? And what do you, did it change anything about maybe his long-term outlook? Uh, I saw a lot of speed and I know that I wasn't uh, necessarily expecting him to be a speedster, but uh that first goal that you mentioned was kind of a byproduct of him using his speed to then get in on a breakaway. Um, and then he had the wherewithal to bury it. Um, I think right now he's kind of the, uh, the front runner for uh, the Red Wings fourth line center um, based off of that. And then also the, you got to think Eisman brought him in for a reason, right? He's not just bringing in a guy just to see what happens. Um, but long-term uh I think we need to kind of, kind of, kind of take a look at what we've got here. This dude was drafted 33rd overall in 2015, I believe it was. Um, you don't usually get drafted that high if you don't have some skill and you don't have, and you have like a good package going to you. Um, obviously, he was kind of bogged down. Speaking of having bodies in the way, um, kind of bogged yeah, down in, <laughs> in, uh, in Tampa Bay with all all that they had going on. So he just never really had a chance to shine. Um, so I think, you know, like Adam Ernie before him, he's coming to Detroit and he has a real opportunity to potentially shine in a big way. Um, 
I think it's going to be up to him to uh, determine what his long-term outlook is because, you know, you can be a fourth line center for your whole career and, you know, no one's going to really remember you 10 years after you retire, retire, but, you know, like I just said, he has, there's a bit more there. And if he can really uh, build on the speed and the skill that he flashed in the red and white game, might be talking about a third line center. And that's, uh, that's when you start getting intrigued by a player. I thought you were going to say he is a uh, good candidate for Adam Ernie of the year. I don't yeah, know no, why. 100%. Like, literally, yes. <laughs> and I was like, we should invent that award because that is, that is a good, that's literally year. just the breakout player of the year. But it's, it's also the, whoa, what the hell? All yeah. right, fine. Of the year as well. You know, like there's a little more nuance to it than simply getting good and not being good the year before it. Oh, and, uh, but like you said, or go ahead. Yeah. And just like you said, when you set up this question, when Adam Ernie was brought in a few years ago, it was kind of like, okay, guess we'll see what happens. And then this past season, he led the team in goals. So, you know, I think that's a perfect, uh, perfect name for that award for a lot of reasons. <laughs> well, and, and like you mentioned too, Adam Ernie had a little bit of skill coming, yep. Uh, yep. coming into the draft that kind of got overlooked. I think over the years, especially after that year he had in Detroit in 1920, he just was not yep. really a factor like that. And, and I, I went on a big long rant before the season. It was my worst take of the year. I just, I, I was frustrated by like getting, not getting questions about Adam Ernie, but just like having to figure him in. And I called yeah. him nothing. I said, Adam Ernie is a uh, nothing. Like he, he doesn't move the needle in either direction. He doesn't make me upset. He doesn't like make me happy. He doesn't anything. And then this year, uh, lo and behold, he ends up becoming the most electric player on the Detroit Red <laughs> But we have spent too much time on uh, reclamation projects from the Tampa Bay Lightning. What do you got, Scotty, from, from the red and white game or anything from this past weekend? No, I mean, like, that That was obviously the, the, the biggest one. I guess mine is not as much specific question, but just more in general. Who stood out to you outside of, you know, people we've already talked about? Who stood out to you? Who maybe stood out negatively to you? Just, just your, I guess, more general thoughts on, on the weekend. Uh, overall over the weekend, um, I think you're seeing a lot of guys, uh, looking like they're ready to go and they're hungry for the year, which obviously you want to see. Um, I like what I'm seeing out of Nick Letty. Um, I think he's moving his feet. Well, um, I mean, he's, he's a veteran, but he's not like an old veteran. He's only 30 and he still has that mobility and putting him right now. It looks like they're, they're trying to put him alongside cider. Um, I think that's the making of a, makings of a really good pairing because he has that mobility. Cider's pretty mobile too. He's only 20. Um, there's some offense there. There's some defense there. I, I really like what's uh, what the potential of that pairing has um, a couple other guys. Um, Thomas Grice looks good. Um, I, I know it's kind of hard to tell based on a scrimmage and based on, you know, practices to tell how goalie's doing, but um, to the same effect if a goalie looked real bad in practice you'd be like oh boy mm-hmm. so <laughs> so the yeah. fact that grice looks good that's good you, you want to <laughs> see that if anyone you want to make sure thomas grice is doing good because um he's kind of the fallback option going into the season um and then one other guy i'll point out too is uh, uh ps Suter. um very excited to see what he does this season um and he's starting to show some chemistry with robbie fabry which everyone kind of expected because of their time in junior together. Um, he's showing his, uh, his offensive IQ. Um, there was a play um, where he had a, a two on O on the goaltender 
hesitated just a little, little too long. And then the defender was able to get back and break up the play. Um, I guess it's good to have that happen in practice to not in a real game situation. Right. Um, but yeah, I just like what I'm seeing out of him. He's, he's, he's showing that he's got tools all over the ice and not just to one specific area. And then one, you asked about players that maybe aren't standing out um, or maybe are negatively standing out. I'm not going to say negatively because I, I'm not concerned, but <laughs> excuse me. Um, cider. I just talked about him. Uh, not the best environment for him to really showcase what he can do because you definitely don't want to see him bulldoze his uh, teammates during a scrimmage. But there was a play where uh, I want to say it was uh, it was Suter it was... that uh, that got by him. And uh, after after uh, after the scrimmage, uh, media was talking to Coach Blashell. And he, he point blank said that Satter got a little careless there. Um, again, like I said, with uh, goaltending, this is, this is the time to be making those mistakes and to learn, you can't be, you got to have your foot in the gas the whole time, but, uh, Satter's not, didn't stand out in that scrimmage the way you might've hoped. But like I said, this isn't where he's going to be doing what really makes him stand out. I think I'm, if I don't know exactly what you're talking about, I know an exactly similar situation as to what you're talking about, because it's actually a note that I had here about this, maybe not being a conducive environment for his type of game. It was uh, Chase Pearson who like got like a little breakout out of the zone, cider pinched. He was coming in and he kind of like, he just like, boop, like that, like dangled would be an overstatement, right? Um, he stick handled from forehand to backhand and cider just kind of like poked at it, swiped at it, missed it. And I, and I was like, Oh crap. He kind of got turned around by, you know, chase Pearson there. And then I went back yeah. and I like rewinded it 10 seconds. He was like, Oh no, if this was a real game, chase Pearson would have been dead. And so, <laughs> um, and, and that's like, exactly the point. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, I, 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 I kind of, understand exactly what you're saying and that's you know kind of almost proves it a little bit but then to that point uh, on most side one thing i did really like about him the special teams obviously the power play wasn't fantastic but i just loved how comfortable he yep. looked on that blue line and i thought the same thing could be said for lucas raymond as well yep. Yep. is that they if nothing else just looked extremely comfortable and capable of doing what might be asked of them when the season starts and there were moments where there's a specific moment I think during the second day of training camp where uh, Alex Tangay, who's heading, heading the power play um, was talking at length at center ice with Sam Gagne, Philip Zadina, <clears throat> um, Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond. And I think that that really intrigues me because, you know, Gagne and Zadina are going to be on the team. That's it's a lockdown side or two. Um, but Raymond um, that's, that's intriguing because um, obviously you want to teach the kid good habits and what you, what you are looking for him and give him every opportunity to make the team, but also like to have him lumped in with these guys that like you, you look at, and you go, yep, he's on the team. He's on the team. He's on the team. Oh, interesting. And like you said, Raymond looked good. Like he, mm. he at the, at the very least, he looked comfortable. Mm. And for a 19 year old kid, that's exactly what you want to see. Yeah, it's Man. been uh, Nolan's been on his soapbox about Val Raymond making team out of camp for for a minute, <laughs> for a minute now. It was like two. It was like, it was literally just that article where like it was like and it was translated from Swedish too. So I don't even know if it was like 
accurate or not, but if it, it was like, do you plan to make the Red Wings this season? He said, if I wasn't planning on doing that, I wouldn't be going over there. And I'm like, he's in, he's in. And I was like, that's all, man. But that's the, you know, that's the way our dumb brains work sometimes. And I'm okay with letting it happen because at the end of the day, guess what? It doesn't matter what I say. Uh, and, and really it's probably not going, it's not going to change anything. So, uh, and, and on Lucas Raymond making the team. I kind of wanted to, to get your thoughts on this. Do you feel like he's got a better chance of making it without Giannis and Berger and just hanging around also vying for a roster spot? Like, I feel like if it was both of them and they were both playing like a really similar level, I think it'd be hard to take one without the other. And now that decision isn't necessarily there. Like, you don't, you're not looking at it going, do we have room for Bergen or Raymond? And I'm not saying that the Red Wings would behold themselves to making a move on based on that criteria, but in my head, I, I kind of feel like it would make things more difficult for Raymond. I agree. Um, and I think going into training camp or, you know, just going into Traverse city in general, um, I kind of assumed that Bergeron had a leg up on Raymond in terms of making the team first. Um, but then he got hurt and it's kind of allowed Raymond to uh, just shine a little brighter. Um, and there's also, uh, let's not forget that uh, Jacob Vrana is, out we don't know for how long but that's uh that's like their go-to goal scorer at least that's what he's supposed to be in the lineup and uh if you're gonna plug lucas raymond into a role to see what he can do that's probably the role you want to plug him into i i 100 agree and it's because of the fact that he has really i i we actually discussed this with george malik uh last week is like we i i think throughout the entire process, the goal scoring prowess was maybe undersold a little bit. And I think people yeah. are going to be surprised a little bit with how much he puts the puck in the net, but I don't think it's any sort of newfound skill. It's more just a continuation of his game. I just think that his game is more centered on putting the puck in the back of the net more than people are going to be expecting. Yeah. I think that's going to go a long way with him. And it probably already has. I mean, he scored uh, over the weekend, he's probably going to, to light the lamp a couple times in the preseason, at least one would hope. And so, I mean, if that happens, I would find it pretty difficult to leave him off the team when this biggest issue over this last two years has been goal scoring. I understand that you don't want to, you know, do anything that's detrimental from a development standpoint to get goals on the scoreboard in September of 2021. But the point remains that there's an opportunity there for him to be had. And if you can go out and, and play well in that role, then I think it would bode well for his development. Therefore, it would be worth maybe the Red Wings trying to get him into that sort of situation. And depending on, you know, the health of Rana and anyone else, um, it wouldn't hurt just to give him like five games in the beginning of the season. You know, you're not beholden to have him in the lineup for the rest of the season. At that point, you can just kind of give him a look and uh, see how he fits. Give him that taste of the NHL to see kind of how further he has to get, how further along he has to get before he really sticks. Um, I'm personally, I'm a really big uh, fan of those five to nine game uh, stints that they give the kids um, from time to time. Usually it's at the end of the season, but um just because I, I always look at that as like a measuring stick moment for the kids. Hmm. Um, because you don't get that opportunity if you're not playing well. You know, I think of like Joe Valeno at the end of this past season, he played well. And so they gave him the opportunity to, you know, show his stuff in Detroit. Um, but it also gives the player, A, the 
they made the NHL moment, right? Their dream comes true, but also it shows them how much further they have to go before they really are the player they want to be. You know, I'm sure Joe Valeno took that five games that he, uh, he played in and really learned a lot because um, while he had success, I'm sure uh, the speed of the game and the, uh, the level of competition definitely took him took him a minute to get used to. And the same thing will happen with cider. Same thing's going to happen with Raymond. Um, and, and I like giving the kids that little look just to kind of, you know, give them a glimpse of what the rest of their career has in store for them. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to ever buy a device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package it's that time of year again and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season Get all the updated odds, props, and mega contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% whoa, no, 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKDOWN. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. So they used to give out 50%. Now it's 100%. Now you're getting the best bonuses from betonline.ag when you were already getting the best bonuses from betonline.ag before. What are you waiting for? From basketball, football, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKDOWN for a 100% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Fender off gives him the business. A couple uh, just random quick notes I wanted to wrap up on this game. Another guy I thought <clears throat> at least had a couple good moments in that game I um, I thought was Kirill Tutiev. Yep. He, he, he continues to just play well and, and like – he, he's navigating like through traffic. He can carry the puck. He he's able to make the right play. He can stick handle through NHL defenders. Like I really, I mean, obviously he's had his shortcomings here and there, but like, I really am struggling to think of a, another guy whose stock has maybe risen as much as Kirill Tutiev's has, or Tutayev as uh, the great Ken Kell has pronounced it, but <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not really sure there. Um, I don't know that anybody's sure, honestly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to give myself a pass for this one. And this one. <laughs> we, we had Ethan on this podcast saying, uh, what Ganyer. What was Gagner. it? What was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gagne. <laughs> or Ga- yeah. Gagner. Would always like say, it was like. Ethan would always say, um, uh, yeah, Gagner. Yeah, something, something. <laughs> like that's, um, like that's not right, man. <laughs> but can't, Kirill Tutayev. Right. I can't do that. I, I thought really kind of, it, it was an extension of his prospects camp and his prospects job yeah, yeah. because, you know, he looked really good in there. He had a lot of buzz there. Um I couldn't find my note on him, but I, I know he did at least make a couple nice plays in that, in that first period that they played. He was another guy that I, uh, I said, he, I said to tie of whole shift eight Oh four. So that's, <laughs> that's usually a pretty good sign. 
Yeah, just like another uh, Kirill that showed up recently. The kid's got a lot of swagger. Yes. Um, and that's what you like to see out of the younger kids. I believe he's 19 or 20, 21, somewhere in that range. Um, yeah, if, if I'm not mistaken, I heard a story. I, I, I want to say it was like Daniela Bruce or whoever that was telling it. And they, uh, Tatayev basically forced the Red Wings hand and said, I'm coming over to North America. Give me a contract. So uh, he signed to a uh, AHL contract um, and, you know, good on the kid. He's, he's looking like he's making good on his, uh, his confidence. <laughs> it's one thing to be confident and not good, but to be confident and good. Yeah. Well done. Um, yeah. I, I'm really curious to see how he does in preseason because um, he just hasn't played at a really high level of competition yet. Yeah. So to have him go against, you know, actual NHLers and actual AHLers that, um, you know, are fighting for jobs themselves. I want to see if he, uh, if he stands out as much as he has over the last couple of weeks. Now you're a Grand Rapids guy. We already established yes, I this. Um, I don't know that for creepy reasons. It's just, it's, it's common knowledge. <laughs> uh, we established that. We established that. I make I think, no mystery of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think one of the things that, I don't know, behooved me over these last two years, but just, I, I guess, a disappointment, a general bummer, nobody's real fault, especially last year, was just the level of play down in Grand Rapids. And just like the, the guys that you had up there, it was it like Sveshnikov and Giovanni Smith would come up and then all of a sudden Tar Hirose's playing on a line with like me maybe you know if i get there before game time or or you you live closer Uh, (laughs) and i and i really like just what they i mean karel tutaya being one of those guys that i I think is going to be a really strong grand rapids griffins team this year yeah what do you like most about i guess just them being able to be with each other in that environment because we always used to make the joke it'd be like oh sveshnikov and you know, whoever or Tara Rossi got called up and then Giovanni Smith's in the Will, Will Smith meme and Fresh Prince raising the, the <laughs> house by himself. And it's just, it was just a rotating cast of like some guy being like, oh, shit, where did everybody go? Where'd my friends go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I guess, can, can you ask the question again? I'm, I'm, I, I, I got lost in the Will Smith meme. <laughs> yeah, what, do you, what do you like most about having that level of, of competition and maybe having that depth of guys who will be potential NHL players one day? Because I think that's, I don't know, that's, that's probably kind of tough to go down there when when your veteran leaders is like Brian Lashoff. No offense to Brian Lashoff, but like, I thought that dude was 34 in 2012. So it's... <laughs> um... <laughs> Shout out to Brian Lashaw. Uh, I think that, um, so, you know, obviously I'm, I'm from Grand Rapids. So of course I'm going to say something like this, but I think it's very important that you have a competitive and strong AHL team. And it's not just so folks like me can go watch it. Um, (laughs) Competition brings out, you know, generally speaking, competition brings out the best in people. When, uh, when you want a spot with the Detroit Red Wings, um, you're going to be a better player if you have to work for it, as opposed to just kind of falling into it. Um, I, I know that it could, you know, I last year or so I've, I've got on my soapbox to talk about how I've getting fetched a cough should have uh, been given opportunities way sooner than he ever got them. Um, so I can understand that it'd be very frustrating for some kids to be, 
stuck in GR when they uh, they have the goods to play higher up. Um, but I think there's something to playing with your peers, playing with the guys that theoretically you're going to be playing with at the next level, establishing that chemistry, um, and, you know, just forming that overall camaraderie. Um, it'd be cool, you know. I'm sure it's cool for uh, some guys like that maybe play with the Syracuse Crunch that maybe went on a good run with them to have then won the Stanley Cup with those guys in Tampa mm-hmm. Bay. Um, so if you can do that, you know, in Grand Rapids and then go up to Detroit and do the same thing, you know, it's we made it, bud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on top of that, um, I lost my thought, but long story short, if you have a if you have a deep farm team, that means you're doing something right because that means you're collecting good players, whether it's through the draft, through signings, through whatever. If you have a bad farm team, um, I don't think players want to play on that necessarily. They will because they have to, but everyone wants to play for a good team, right? Whether it's in this level or that level, just make sure that you're playing, playing me out a good team because then I'm having fun. Then I feel like I'm growing as an, as an individual. I'm sure there's a lot of guys playing for the Buffalo Sabres that wish they were playing for the Rochester Americans instead, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's Buffalo. a great point. <laughs> shout out Buffalo. <laughs> the, yeah, uh, you get your AHL demotion and it's just like the same thing as getting called up. You're like, yes. <laughs> like, they're like, but you know, if you, if you keep shooting, keep, keep scoring, you know, you'll be back. You're like, don't worry, coach. I won't, you don't know, worry. I won't be working on any of that. I'm, 10 game goal streak coming yeah. right up. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, when it comes to, especially with this team kind of like headed into, to the, to preseason and, and into camp and, and then into the regular season, there's, there seems to be, like we talked about last year, there was so much turmoil in the bottom six of forwards, yeah. especially. How much do you think camp and this preseason will determine who is going to be like the, those solidified six, bottom six going into this season? And do you think, like, I, I guess my question is like, how, how much do you think like a great performance in in the preseason or, or in camp can really affect someone's odds of going from like, Oh, coming into camp, we didn't, you know, this person might've started off in GR and now we think this is like a third line winger or something. I I think that uh, for a player to make that kind of jump, they have to really stand out. Um, You know, generally this, this goes beyond just the level of the coach. This is, this goes up to like the general manager that, you know, I, I think you can look at like the Red Wings roster right now. And you can pretty much map out what the top three lines are going to be just based on guys that are already here um, and have been here or were brought in specifically because, you know, they, they want to play. Um, I think where the competition really begins for the Red Wings is on the fourth line and even just like the extra forward spot. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and I think that, you know, I, we started this by talking about Mitchell Stevens. Um if he has a poor camp and a poor preseason, then yeah, somebody's probably going to leapfrog him. But um, for him to have started off as well as, uh, as he has, I'm sure he's very much on Blashell's radar to, uh, to have at least one of those spots. So I guess to answer your question, how much do I think performance here really affects it? I think it affects it to a certain extent. Um, you know, if a guy like Lucas Raymond comes in and really shows that he belongs in the NHL, 
they'll find a spot for him because they have a vested interest in him sure. becoming a Red Wing and succeeding. But um, if he's, you know, if he's just good, they'd rather have him be great in Grand Rapids than just like keep his head above water in the NHL. So for a kid to, uh, to come in and really seize a roster spot, they have to be better than a lot of other guys. Sure. I think one of the things that I'm most interested to see how it shakes out this year is just the defenseman, like nothing really in particular, to be quite honest with you. Like I, it's just like one through eight, or you have Heronic, you have cider, you have Letty and everybody else for me, isn't necessarily interchangeable. I understand that, you know, Mark Stahl is a pretty good hockey player still Danny Kaiser. He had uh, Jeff Blaschel singing his praises today. Jeff Blaschel's very, very, adamantly said he's still a top four defender underrated defender in this league we will see about that <laughs> um but when i look at the it's 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 really weird to me because in years past like you would look at it and then you'd see a, a guy in the fifth or sixth spot or i mean in years past hell the third or fourth spot and you're like you're like oh geez that's not good i don't really feel that way when i look at this decor but there's also not a single spot on the decor besides the one that says m dot cider that i go <laughs> i feel really really good about that you know and and no disrespect yep. to philip Peronic, no disrespect to nick letty but when it comes to like game changing talent guys that you're going to have to circle in the lineup from an opposing team standpoint there just isn't any of that and i'm interested to yep. see how it all shakes out and just how much volatility kind of goes on throughout the course of this season. Like, I think I'll be disappointed if Gustav Lindstrom isn't firmly in the top six or, or you yeah. know, by the end of the season. And, and you know, where does – he'll probably start as the seventh or eighth man. Like, I, I don't know if you have him as a, your seventh or eighth. I think it's kind of interchangeable, honestly. Probably lean yeah. towards Gustav Lindstrom if he can. Just, But as a whole, I have no idea – what to make of it in one way or the other. I think it's just very existent. <laughs> like that's, that's the only word I know how to use to describe it. Yeah. I'm really interested to see just how many games guys play on the blue line, because like you said, there's really only, you know, two, three, maybe four guys that, you know, are going to play every game if they can. And then after that, you know, maybe a guy gets hot, so then you play him for 10 games in a row. Maybe a guy gets cold, so then he sits for a while. Maybe they go 11-7 in the lineup, so then you get a guy, you know, an, an extra defenseman in there. Jeff Blaschel, never. Exactly, exactly. Um, there's always going to be at least one guy that's the odd man out in the lineup. Um, sometimes there'll be two, and I feel like it's going to be kind of a rotating door between guys like um, Stetcher, uh, Osterley, and uh, Lindstrom, and it might be a season-long thing, and even to Kaiser to a certain extent, because you know he was waived a couple times last season. So if he comes out flat, I'm sure uh, sure he won't be holding down a spot like it's uh, like it's his to have. Um, but yeah, no, I. And again, things change, injuries, all that sorts of things. But yeah, I, I'm I'm very intrigued by that too because they got eight bodies and not eight spots. Yeah, and not, you know, any any really overly impressive, but you make a good point, like October 16th, we could be like, oh, Dan DeKaiser's out for the next three weeks. Well, that solves everything. Now, Jordan Osterley is just a seventh D-man, you know, yep. or vice versa, or Gustav Lindstrom is just a seventh D-man. 
whatever it may be. And I guess, you know, in years past with the way the injuries have kind of gone through this team, it's really not that much of a concern. I, and even in this moment right now, I'm just realizing how silly it is that we're debating all of these things. And then next thing you know, somebody's going to get hurt two games into the season. Some guy from the AHL is going to get a call up. It could be <laughs> Lucas Raymond. It could be, you know, whoever. And it's just going to be like all this talking was for nothing. And, but you know, it's, we got to do it. We got to do and, the talking. And, and going back to, uh, to the question before this one, uh, that's another reason why it's important to show well in the preseason, because you may not earn a spot at a camp, but you do put yourself on the map as like the guy who gets called up when uh, mm. the opportunity comes up. I think that that is what, uh, I think that's a realistic outlook for Lucas Raymond right now mm. is maybe not roster spot on day one, but he's the first guy they're going to call up when the opportunity comes because he looked that good. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? And when you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. And I mean, who wouldn't be? They got nine delicious ones out right now. If you don't know all of them, you're missing out. But good news for you is you can try a mix box. You'll get two of each of their nine flavors. Some of them, we'll list them off here. Coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, get that mix box. It'll allow you to customize your order next time, know exactly what you want. Spoiler alert, you're not going to not like any of them. Uh, And not only are they the best tasting protein bars on the market, but Built Bar is healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to Built.com right now, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Right from the faceoff, Red Wings control, Conwall to Centerberg. Uh, all right, preseason starts tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks. Anything in particular that, that you're watching for throughout this preseason besides will Lucas Raymond play good enough that Jeff Blaschel's wife thinks he should make the team? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Eric. Come on, Erica. We're counting. <laughs> um, Did but, you guys uh, get that quote tonight? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Um, he, had an, he had another one, too. I actually I, I want to get this one. No, out no. The, uh, it's a, it's the a quote of the year. Candidate. Hallucination. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, hallucination can be good, I guess, sometimes. But <laughs> <laughs> Out of context, Blash. Um, (laughs) Stuff I'm looking for. uh, Do you mean tomorrow night specifically? Yeah, throughout the the course of the preseason. What do you What do you want to see this preseason in terms of like? Is anything going to be learned about this upcoming Red Wing season through this preseason? Whether it be that power play, whether it be the the fringe guys at the bottom of the roster, maybe it's Rowney. Let's let's all Aaron Aaron Rowney. I can't remember his name. I you are you are. Carter, Carter, Carter. I'm thinking of Aaron Downey. All right, Aaron see, Downey, there we go, yes. folks. It's, There's a throwback. Yeah, uh, yeah. You were teaming up for my Carter Rowney uh, diatribe here. No, uh, <laughs> I, I am. Uh, obviously, I'm looking forward to seeing if Raymond can uh, really assert himself. I'm also looking forward to seeing how Cider plays against actual like NHL competition. Um, I think those are pretty much. You know, you could ask any Red Wings fan on the street, hey, what are you looking forward to? And I'm sure they'd give that answer. Um, I want to see how Ned does. I'm like mm-hmm. very intrigued by Alex and Delkovich this season. Um, because I I love the bet that Eisman made on him. 
Are but you a little I do... nervous after all that shit we talked or because I am. <laughs> <laughs> I said I would eat a literal hat if the 70th pick this year became a uh, Calder finalist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would make that bet right there with you. I'll, I'll eat this hat too. But Krispy Kreme um, hat. <laughs> but no, I, you know, like I said, I like the bet, but I do think it's it was a bet. Like he's yeah. not a sure thing by any means. Um, I I am very intrigued to see just how he looks with his new team, with his new teammates. Um, I think there's a narrative out there that he was kind of a product of a really good Carolina Hurricanes team. And I think there's that, that holds some water, but I'm curious to see how he does behind this Detroit Red Wings team because he's not going to have the same level of help that he had. We just talked about the defense, how it's kind of cider, Ronick and guys. Um, so hopefully uh, he can scratch the surface of what he did last season, at least. Mm. Um, so I want to see him just get comfortable over the course of the preseason. I was listening to the uh, hockey PDO cast a few months ago, and they were talking about goalies and just like why, you know, Hey, this guy's a good goalie. He had a 932 save percentage. Let's bring him over. And then all of a sudden he's got a 903 save percentage. Everything's gone to hell. And it was like, well, you didn't consider, his style of play and how it would fit with your team. And I'm going to absolutely butcher uh, the things that these smart people relayed in this podcast episode, but like, basically it it was kind of looking at that. And and one thing that I find very, very interesting is just how well, and I can't, they might've even touched on this, but I don't think they were talking about him. I think they were talking about Kemper. I like Jonathan Bernier played very, very well here because some goalies play better when they're constantly being peppered with shots. Yep. And like yep. some goalies play terrible when they only get 19 shots a game, you know, like I don't know that we know either way, but I, I, I do think that there is going to be some stylistic maybe uh, things to, to see there when it comes to how will he perform in front of this Red Wings yep. team, because it, it's not always, always necessarily a bad thing to go and face a little more, you know, action or whatever. I think that'd be good for his, his growth as a, uh, as a goaltender too, to kind of figure out where he's at because the dude hasn't even played 30 games in the NHL. I don't think he's really uh, figured out what he is at the NHL level yet. So yeah, is he going to be a guy that can withstand 40 shots a night? Or is he going to be a guy that uh, is more about efficiency? We shall see. <laughs> uh, one of the last things I want to get to, you, you kind of mentioned this in your uh, your piece, guys, you stood out in the red and white game. Tyler Bertuzzi, I thought, was banging around uh, quite a bit in that game. Like a surprisingly yeah, like high volume of like crashing into things and people which is not surprising for Tyler Bertuzzi, but for a guy coming off such a serious back yeah. slash spine slash maybe neck injury, uh, <laughs> a little bit surprising. Something serious. <laughs> yeah. Something very serious. Uh, and then one, one thing I, I, this is like literally completely irrelevant because this guy will probably never play a game in a Red Wings uniform, but Hayden Verbeek, I was impressed by his speed and like it, it, sometimes you just see guys be a little bit fast and like they're fast for AHL and a little bit fast for the NHL speed. Like this dude was toasting people out on the ice. Uh, be interesting to see if, if he kind of catches on in any way, whether it be at the AHL level or, or whatever, maybe the ECHL Toledo walleye. You know? <laughs> uh, his dad is now the general manager of the Griffins. So I'm sure uh, I'm sure he'll, uh, He'll definitely get a look in GR if he doesn't 
make a noise in the NHL, which I'm not expecting him to do. <laughs> Boy, the Red Wings do like their speed, though, don't they? They do. They do. They oh, also yeah. like their defensive responsibility. And I think yes, that that yes. might be a plan. Mesh that. You know, it's it's interesting to see over the these last couple of years, just like the style of player that that uh, Steve Eisman is, is kind of put together. And it's funny how we all want to make assumptions about what a Steve Eisman player is, but I think we know less and less about what a Steve Eisman player is every single day. I think – yeah, I think if you ask Steve Eisenman, he would say that his, his player is a good player. Yeah. And and they come in all, all shapes and sizes. So yeah. and, he, and he'd probably <laughs> laugh while saying it too, to be yeah. quite honest. Yeah. Or or uh, he'd ask you what you think a good player is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'd miss yourself. <laughs> and then, you, then, then that would be the end of it. <laughs> what do you think a Steve Eisenman player is? And then yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, Devin Little from the hockeywriters.com. Go fill out, follow him on Twitter. Where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, hockey with Devin at Hockey with Devin. <laughs> Pretty cool at name there. Uh, what do you got coming up at the hockeywriters.com? People to or that people should be looking out for that you're excited to uh, share with people. And I, and I know you got a podcast. Are you on the, the THW podcast as well? I sure am. The Hockey Writers Grind Line. Uh, we had we, we took a week off this past week, uh, but we are coming back this Saturday. So uh, if you want to hear me talk some more, God forbid, oof, uh, <laughs> tune in on Saturday. Um, and yeah, I, I have a, uh, a player profile piece coming up at some point this week. So be on the lookout for that. Excellent. Now, yeah, I believe you guys are the only, there's like a 6,000 Red Wings podcast out there, uh, <laughs> but yours, as far as I know, is the only one that comes out on Saturday. So good for you. Uh, everybody <laughs> on Saturdays, go check out Devin's podcast. I don't have a problem with, you know, promoting that because it, it won't take any listens away from us. So Devin, Thank you so much for, for joining us today. We'd love to have you, you again. This Thank was a, uh, a super fun chat and, and always down to down to clown. So if you're ever uh, in the mood, just, just let us know. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.